At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A warm Viva! Welcome to Love Las Vegas for Kissings with myself, Greg Peters, and now part of the Beeson Family and Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you as we're going out to the great state of Michigan in segment number two. We're going to be talking all things Hunter Dickinson, and we are going to be discussing what all lies ahead with that regard with one of our good friends. As Greg Waddell of Sleepers Media joins me, we're going to be discussing that ordeal. We're also going to be taking a look at the entire landscape of the Big Ten. You're going to tell that there's going to be a little bit of disappointment from our good friend Greg because, well, the Big Ten has not necessarily made a lot of moves. We're going to be highlighting that. We're going to be taking a look at some of the teams that have been making some of those splash moves in the transfer portal. What has all been going into some of these transfer portal moves as well? You're going to get a little bit of inside baseball as to what has been happening with Hunter Dickinson as well, what he's all going to be bringing to the table and what he's all wrestling with as well. So we're going to get lots of insight there from Mr. Waddell in segment number two. In the final segment, I'm going to be giving you guys a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we've seen in college basketball over the last 24 hours. And here, once again, as we have been many days, getting about 20 or so minutes of those as it has been very rambunctious in the transfer portal. We have seen so many guys in this. We're seeing more and more decisions coming off the board. And hey, Arizona, a team that I mentioned a few days ago as being silent in the transfer portal. They finally made a move, and it's a move that I really like. You're going to find out about that in the final segment. And just for a reference right now, as I refresh verbal commits, we are up to 1,642 players in the transfer portal. And this is a big reason why I've yet to do any conference previews once we can get a little bit of a more calmed down landscape once we know what these teams are going to be looking like a little bit more. I'm going to be able to hit you guys with those conference previews, but until then, we're going to be taking a look at what we are all getting right now, and we're going to try to prepare to be able to be able to take a stab at some of these rosters because, man, a little bit of a murky environment right now in college basketball. But what is not murky is that I'll be with you guys every single day on this podcast. And if you ever do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They meet us on matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast five, that five-star review. Really did not get in a lot of Twitter questions today, so as has been the case normally here on this podcast, a little bit of a lighter segment, number one, and then we're really going to be getting into it in the final two segments, and that comes up next with our good friend Greg Waddell of Sleepers Media Long Field to see you. Right here on this season by something you is now a part of the Family Podcast. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... 
I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host. Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Las Vegas for Cups Cups Eats with myself, Greg Eves Peterson. Now for the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by this man as he is a man that was retweeted a few hours ago by Armando Baycott. So that is high praise right there. He is one half of Sleepers Media. It is Greg Waddell who is joining me. He does absolutely amazing work. Taking a look at the game of college basketball over there at the field of 68. He and Carter Elliott, another man that joins this podcast. They do the Unscripted Podcast, which you're able to find wherever you get your podcast. He's also a part of Dimers.com, which he was able to hand out some dimes and some winners over there. And to be able to follow Greg Waddell on Twitter, as at GWizzy, the number 12. And also I'll throw in there as well, if you're a fan of college football, this man does a great job on that front as well. And Greg, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, it's just the best intro in the biz. There's not a better intro than that, Greg Hoops Peterson. I appreciate it every single time I get it. It's great to be back on your show. We were hoping we had a little more to talk about tonight. It didn't happen, but we can still speculate. And that's what I'm here to do tonight with you, my friend. Absolutely. We are currently in wait and see mode on Hunter Dickinson. We were thinking that we were going to be able to get it on Tuesday. No dice at this point. We don't know when we're going to be getting it. It could be coming out before this podcast drops. It could be coming in June. We have no idea at this point, but what do you make out of the Hunter Dickinson ordeal? Because I know that there was a tweet that was thrown out about 24 to 48 hours ago with Hunter Dickinson tweeting out a turtle, which for those that know, that's the Maryland Terrapins, that he is from the Maryland area. And that's sort of where I'm leaning on this one. I do think that where there's smoke, there's fire. That's where I sort of lean. I'm not sure what you make out of that, but I do think that perhaps Hunter Dickinson may have accidentally shown his hand, or perhaps he's just looking to stir the pot. Well, I think he's here to stir the pot, I'll be honest. Hunter's a smart kid. Whether or not you always agree with what he's doing, that's up for debate, but he's not stupid. 
he's doing a lot of this for a reason. It's well calculated. He's always been a high profile troll is a good, good way to describe him. The problem with Hunter Dickinson is he truly is one of the best players in the sport. Not the most, but one of the most productive centers in the sport. He's one of the five best players in the sport coming into next season. The problem is you never know if he wants to be the best player in the sport or if he wants to be a wrestling villain or if he wants to be a troll. Like any given day, that fluctuates. And I think the truth with him is he can be all three of those things at one time. That's kind of the beauty and the pain of Hunter Dickinson. It's not always fun to root for a team that is built around him. And whatever team he ends up on is going to realize that this season. Now, with that said, as a Michigan fan, would I take him back the moment he wants to come back to Michigan? 100%. Because he's one of one as far as what he can bring on a basketball court. What he's doing this offseason is entirely calculated. It's smart. The round ball podcast stuff aside, he has every single national media person on his hip right now. Nobody knows what he's going to do. And everybody's annoyed by it. Everybody's annoyed that it's being dragged out. But all it's doing is driving up the price tag of Hunter Dickinson. I still think there's a chance he could end up at Kansas. I think there's a chance he could end up at Villanova, Kentucky. You can throw Maryland in there. To be honest with you, I don't see the Maryland fit. I know there's been a lot of buzz there. I think Maryland feels really good about where they're at. I think they've made him probably the most sizable offer money-wise that he's gotten from what I've heard. But I really just don't see the fit basketball-wise. And I think Hunter is smart enough deep down to know, like, is he really going to spend his final year to two years on a team with Dante Scott and Julian Reese next to him? I mean, spacing has been the issue in Michigan for three years. So I still, gun in my head, I think it's between Kansas, Villanova, and Kentucky. But the more this plays out, my friend, I'll tell you what, there's a chance he's going to come back to Michigan. There really is. And that's not just my fandom saying that. The longer this goes and the more he just does this to piss off other coaches and fan bases, this is exactly to a script how you would write it up if he never had any intention on leaving. If he was just doing this for clicks, for drama, everything he's done over the last month is exactly what he would do if he's coming back to Michigan. It remains to be seen if that happens. Like I said, I think it's one of those four options, Villanova, Kansas, Kentucky, or Michigan. And I'm so glad that you point out that he could return to Michigan as well because to be on the podcast, we do have Greg Waddell. He does a great job of taking a look at things over at the field of 68. And as we all know, a man that is out there in the great state of Michigan and really one of the biggest big men that we've ever seen enter into the transfer portal a few years ago was Kofi Coburn a big man that was playing over at Illinois. Now, part of that was due to the fact that he had put his name in for the NBA draft and decided to withdraw, and it wasn't as big of a song and dance as we're seeing right now with Hunter Dickinson. That's without question, but he decided that he was going to be returning to Illinois, and it's not uncommon for a lot of big-name players to put their name in the transfer portal and then return to school again. And I always think that that's a little bit awkward when you decide – to be scouring the market, trying to look for a different landing spot and returning. But at the same time, I don't think that that should be discredited with either Hunter Dickinson or some of these guys are in the NBA draft that also entered into the transfer portal. Yeah, I think you have to consider as an option specific to Hunter. I think the hard part is there isn't a perfect option here. Whoever you are as a fan of the sport, you can make your argument for what you think is the perfect option. The truth is Hunter has to decide that for himself. Kansas is on paper, the best option because they'd be the best team in the country if he committed there, but they still don't have a lot of shooting around him. And that's the number one thing Hunter's complained about at Michigan is the lack of shooting. Like, is he going to go to a team with Dewan Harris and KJ Adams in the starting lineup? Neither one of those guys are shooting threats. That's not perfect. Kentucky is too young. The price tag might be the highest there, but that's not necessarily what Hunter wants to go win basketball games. Villanova would be a fantastic option on paper if Jay Wright was still the coach, but is Hunter really going to tie himself to a coach who's never made the NCAA tournament in year two for his final year of college basketball? It's it's difficult. There isn't a no-brainer option, which is why the longer this goes on, you look back at he's got a home at Michigan, and even if it's a flawed home, it's his home. So I think it'll be fascinating to watch. Kofi Coburn went through a very similar thing. He ended up back at Illinois after flirting with Kentucky for months. I think we could see that with Hunter. And I will break some news here, Greg. Yeah, I don't know that this is necessarily news, but Hunter Dickinson DM'd me this morning, unprompted, on Twitter. And I have not had much of a relationship with Hunter. We've exchanged texts here and there, but never really on a regular basis. I tweeted out this morning, unprompted, my my fake betting lines of where it would be if you could place a bet on Hunter Dickinson where he ends up. 
I had Kansas and Villanova as the favorites. And then I also had a little joke on who will break the news. Will it be a national guy or will it be Hunter or Marty Mush himself from the Round Ball podcast? <laughs> Hunter DM'd me unprompted and said there's some great value on the board here. So take that for what it is, whether that's him saying that Marty Mush will break his news or whether that's him saying Kentucky, Maryland, Michigan could be the destination here. Hunter is a full-blown troll, and he's trolling me included right now, Greg. That doesn't feel great, but it's happening. And if there's value on Marty Mush, it will be the first time in the history of forever there has ever been any value whatsoever on Marty Mush. I will say that right now on this podcast. As we do have Greg Modell, who does great work over at Silly Fears Media, joining me on the podcast. There's always value with Greg Modell, by the way. But I do think that it is interesting to take a look at that because, I mean, let's call it what it is. Hunter Dickinson is by far the biggest save on the board in terms of the transfer portal. But who are a few other guys that you're taking a look at? Because... One guy that I think is going under the radar, and there's probably going to be a lot of Big Ten schools in on him, is Ray J. Dennis. I've been hearing just through the grapevine that Illinois is certainly looking at him. I'm sure that there's a lot of schools in the Big Ten that would absolutely love to have a kid of his skill set, was able to tear it up at Toledo this last year, is able to give you buckets, is able to give you assists. But who are a few guys that you look at outside of Hunter Dickinson, and you're fascinated to see where they go. Start with Ray J just because you mentioned him. He would be a great fit for Illinois. Illinois certainly expects him at this point if you talk to their fans. But if you talk to their fans, they also expect Terrence Shannon back and Coleman Hawkins back. And I don't think that's necessarily accurate here. Ray J is a really good player. I struggle personally with the mid-major transfer point guard stuff just because I've seen it either work or fail to varying degrees. I mean, I had Mike Smith, Devontae Jones, and Jalen Llewellyn in back-to-back-to-back years at Michigan. I think Mike Smith was pretty much a best-case scenario outcome. He was a fifth option on a good team. Devontae Jones had to be the second option on a pretty bad team, still made the Sweet 16. And then Jalen Llewellyn was supposed to be the second option on what was supposed to be a good team. He got hurt. We never saw. But it's hard if you have to rely as a Big Ten team on a mid-major up transfer to be a top two option on your team, you're not in a good spot. That's how I view Illinois right now. If Terrence Shannon came back, that would be different. But if he doesn't, if they bring in Ray J. Dennis, he's going to be the first option on that team. That's not great. I mean, he was great at Toledo. Toledo is not the Big Ten. That would scare me. Now, if they could bring him in as a fourth, fifth option, that's different. But I will be fascinated to see. Illinois seems like the favorite there. They certainly expect they're getting him, and it would be an interesting fit. Outside of him, Two guys I have my eye on, Matthew Cleveland. He was the guy I really wanted Michigan to be in on. Ultimately, he didn't make their final three, but to me, he's one of the most talented players in the portal. I think he has a bad rap from his time at Florida State, but none of Florida State's struggles were his fault, in my opinion. It sounds like he's just looking for the biggest paycheck he can get. Another one that's new, Connor Vanover from Oral Roberts, started his career at Arkansas. Seven foot five center, Greg, who can shoot threes. Like, that's pretty unicorny in the college basketball landscape. He's a guy you could tell me like Duke and North Carolina are after. I would believe it. He's a guy you could tell me doesn't get high major interest and I'd believe it because he hasn't been good at the high major level. But I think there's a wide range of outcomes where he could end up and he's one that I could certainly see being a swing piece for a really, really good team next season. I'm so glad that you mentioned Matthew Cleveland, someone who was a top 40 recruit first year and a half over at Florida State did not live up to that billing. When it came to ACC play this past season, he certainly did. Problem was, he was on a Florida State team that, call it what it is, it was not necessarily too terrific for them this past season. But I do think that he was able to really show himself very well towards back half of the season and really show off that skill set. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Greg Waddell, who does amazing work over at Sleepers Media. And it has been so interesting to take a look at what we've all been getting in the transfer portal. As since we last talked, we saw... Wisconsin gets burned by Noah Reynolds, who decided to go to UW-Green Bay and said that has to be the first time I've ever seen UW-Green Bay get a win over Wisconsin of that magnitude. They've actually beaten them on the hardwood a few times before, but it's typically something that you don't see from them. And I just take a look at the Big Ten right now, and I do think that they really need someone like Ray J. Dennis going to Illinois. They need someone like Hunter Dickinson returning to Michigan because it just hasn't really been a good offseason for a lot of these teams. And some of the biggest moves involve like Aaron Eulis going from Iowa to Nebraska. That's within the conference. Yeah, it's sad times in this conference, Greg. And as a guy who's made an entire life and a career and a living off of being a Big Ten basketball fan, I'm terrified. I'll just tell you straight up. I mean, I... I'm the only person on earth, one of two only people on earth, who decided to drive themselves 
20,000 miles across the Midwest in the middle of winter to experience what these basketball programs are about last season. It was miserable, Greg. I got home and I said, this is horrible basketball. And nobody wanted to hear that. Fans of these fan bases were like, you're being overly critical. And then here we were in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament once again with just Tom Izzo left to our name. It's horrifying. And a lot of teams need to step up right now. Next season, the league's going to run through Purdue and Michigan State. I think both those teams can compete on a national level with what Michigan State brings in from a freshman class perspective. They still got to get answers from Jaden Akins and A.J. Hogard. I don't think both those guys are back. I think only one of those guys are back. But no matter who it is, if they get one of them back, they're going to be really, really good. And if Purdue gets Zach Eady back, they're probably the preseason number one next season. Both those teams will be able to compete for a Final Four, if not a national championship. The problem is there's no third team right now. I mean, the the middle group last year was Illinois, Indiana, Michigan. Illinois, Indiana, Michigan all lose their best players and haven't done a ton in the portal. I mean, Michigan's probably done the best in the portal. And like Caleb Love's not a guy you're going to compete for a national championship with. Illinois and Indiana added mid-major guys. That's it, pretty much. Other than Kalel Ware, who depending on who you ask, is maybe the most toxic player in the portal. So I think it's a really volatile spot for the conference. You're looking at a team like you need Northwestern to step up, bring Adige and Boo Booey back. That's probably the third best team in the Big Ten. That doesn't bode well for the Big Ten that that's the case, but hopefully Purdue and Michigan State can carry the torch for the conference next year. It's right now looking relatively bleak for the Big Ten. I liken them to what the Pac-12 has really not done in recent off-seasons as well. And I'll give a little bit of credit to Cal, as long as we're talking about the Pac-12. They've actually done an amazing job bringing in Mark Madison, bringing in Fardas Amick. I feel like they've had one of the best off-seasons in all of college basketball because they are literally starting from nothing, and now they've got something. And that's more than what we've been able to say about Cal basketball for a very long time. So that is very nice to see, as we've got Greg Waddell, who does great work over at Sleepers Media, joining me on the podcast. And, Greg, we just have cut through and... We have cut down the Big Ten, and rightfully so, for the moves that have not been made in that conference. But just taking a look nationally, who are a few programs that you take a look at the moves that they made offseason that you really like? Obviously, I brought up Cal because things could not get any worse there, and I feel like they've done an absolutely tremendous job. But have there been a few programs that have stood out to you and you've said, man, this team really did a good job this offseason? Yeah, I think North Carolina deserves mention. I'm not a Caleb Love guy, and I'm a Michigan fan. That should tell you everything you need to know. But Cormac Ryan and Harrison Ingram are two of the top players, in my opinion, that entered the portal. I think those are two guys that you can put next to R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott and fit in really seamlessly. They give you very different things. Cormac Ryan's an off-ball guy. He's never going to need the ball in his hands, but he can get you 20 points any given night. Harrison Ingram is an on-ball guy, but I don't think he's as much of a, I guess, a low-floor, high-ceiling guy as Caleb Love. He's going to be a steady presence for them that fits in really seamlessly with R.J. Davis' shooting and with Armando Baycott's low post game. So I like them. I think they're going to take a step forward, which you would hope for from a team that was in the NIT last season. Outside of that, I think there's a lot of teams who you would say have done well. Obviously, West Virginia, the volume of ads that they have. Kirk Creesa, it's really volatile, but a guy that at West Virginia I think makes a lot of sense. And you add the other ads they've added around him. I mean, you got to be impressed with what Huggins has done. Gonzaga's reloaded. I mean, they've lost guys as well. Hunter Salas is out. But for them to go grab RJ Nemhard, I mean, that's massive. I think every Gonzaga fan would tell you that's an upgrade. So around the country, there's certainly lots of them. I think the two biggest would probably be Gonzaga and North Carolina, from my mind. I think they've reasserted themselves as national contenders. They certainly have reasserted themselves as national contenders. But this man, when it comes to the college basketball scene, he is always a national contender and he's always towards the top of the list. I see you, Greg. You and Carter Elliott do an amazing job over there at Sleepers Media. I know you guys have a lot on tap for this offseason. I know you guys are following very heavily the Hunter Dickinson news, which by the time this podcast uploads, we might already know where Hunter Dickinson lands. By the time this podcast uploads, we might find out that we're not going to know for two months. That's the way that that has been going, but I know you guys are doing a great job of being able to scour this market, but just taking a look at everything that we're getting in college basketball right now, and like I mentioned, you do a great job on college football as well. So let the good people at home know what's on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, Greg, last time I was on this program, you gave me the time to plug myself. I gave a passionate plea for Seth Lundy to join Michigan. I'd like to elect my time this episode to push people to the Round Ball podcast, where apparently if you listen the first five minutes, you'll hear a tweet of mine and Hunter Dickinson and Marty Mush break it down. Apparently on the biggest episode of their entire show's history, 
I'm what they lead with. So go follow the round ball podcast, check out where Hunter Dickinson is landing. Maybe you'll get that information three months from now. And on the latest episode, you'll hear original thoughts from yours truly, Greg Waddell. Absolutely. You always do a great job of allotting your time for something that you are passionate about. And this podcast is appreciated and absolutely shares that passion with you, Greg, as Greg Waddell does an amazing job taking a look at college basketball over there at the field of 68 college football over there at the field of 12. He and Carter Elliott, two Michigan men, do an absolutely tremendous job taking a look at the game of basketball. So big thanks to Greg for joining me on Cusco Seepstyle, part of the Visa Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of podcast. I'll give you a roundup as to all the news and notes we saw in college basketball over the last 24 hours. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With myself, Greg Eubes Peters, and now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Always great to be able to get Greg Waddell aboard, bringing the key as per usual. He does amazing work over at the Field of 68, over at Sleepers Media, holding it down in the great state of Michigan. And every single time he joins this podcast, we find out just a little bit more about the Big Ten. It's been a rather rocky offseason for them, so we shall see if that turns around a little bit as... Certainly, the Hunter Dickinson news, it is very much a brewing, and hopefully we get a decision relatively soon, but who knows at this point. It is a lot of fun to be able to take a look at it, and it's always fun to have Craig Bedell aboard. Big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we've seen in college basketball over the last 24 hours. Compensate State as their man, they have decided that they are going to be hiring Larry Stewart on as their next coach as... The Juan Dixon era didn't necessarily go as expected for them, but with Larry Stewart, he actually has a lot of familiarity out there in the MEAC. I know that he spent a little bit of time over at Maryland Eastern Detroit. He is a graduate of Coppin State as well. He has bounced around doing a lot as an assistant just all over the place. Morgan State, Maryland Eastern Shore. I know that he was with Bowie State as well, and as a player, he did play a few years with the Washington Bullets as well, so I do think that there's going to be a lot of credence put there, and if I remember correctly, he was a guy that was able to average like 10, 11 points per game in the NBA as well, so certainly some good ties there, and it's just overall a good get for this program, being able to get someone like him, and this happened just as I was signing off the podcast yesterday, and I gave you a little bit of a tidbit of it, but going to dive a little bit more in depth today, Tyler Perry. You know him from Hollywood, and now he's out there on the hardwood. He has decided that he is going to be leaving North Texas, and he is going to Kansas State. Now, the one concern that I do have with Tyler Perry going over to Kansas State is that he was a part of the team that played the slowest pace in all of college basketball this season, as we know. Kansas State, they do play at a rather up-tempo style, but I do think that he's going to be able to find his way. I do think that it might take him a few games to be able to get that style down. I do think that the change in tempo might be hurting him a little bit, but I mean, this guy's a hooper, 17.5 points per contest, shot 41.3% from three-point range, doled out about two assists, 1.3 steals per contest. I absolutely love his overall game. I do think that he is going to be able to have success at Kansas State. Like I said, maybe you give him a small dock just to begin the season because I do think that might take him a little bit of time to be able to pick up on this offense, but we saw what Marquise Noel was able to do within the offense. He has a similar skill set to him. I think that would be very unfair to compare the two, but I do think that there are a few similarities between the two, and I do think that it is going to be overall very successful for both Kansas State and Mr. Perry. Abrima Diallo decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. Part of that San Jose State front line that was in the top 15 nationally in terms of rebound rate, and he was a very good low post player this last year. Nice rim protector with 6.6 boards, 1.7 blocks per contest. Not a guy that's going to utilize versatility or anything like that, but began his career at Ohio State, played two very solid seasons at San Jose State, so going to be interesting to see where he lands. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people in on him. Jonathan Lawson, a former top 100 recruit, he is heading over to Creighton, and Creighton has done a great job in the transfer portal. This is really get number two for them. They also got Steve Ashworth in from Utah State, and the one thing that I was saying about Creighton is that they needed a little bit of depth. If they can utilize Jonathan Lawson, a former top 100 recruit, as sort of that sixth man, I think that this works out very well. For Lawson, he shot about 41% from three. Granted, on a very small amount of three-point shots taken, as he was only playing about 16 minutes per contest over at Memphis this last season, but I do think that there is some upside there. Nice six-foot-six frame. He's able to be very versatile, guard multiple positions, so I think that that is a perfect move for Creighton. We saw Jalen Murray decide to enter into the transfer portal with Murray. It was part of the St. Peter's Peacocks team that made the Elite Eight when was really one of the lone holdovers from that team. As most guys, they decided to transfer after that Elite Eight run. 
He stuck with it this past year. Shot 35.5% from three-par range. Was one of the top scorers with 12.5 points. Right around 2.3 assists per contest. Good overall scorer and all Metro Atlantic performers. So we shall see where he ends up. This is a move that is involving a guy going from the D2 level to the D1 level. And I do think that the Big South, they... Conference said they do need to look for some unconventional ways to be able to get in talent. They've been very good at being able to ring these sorts of guys in. TJ Neesmith, he was playing at Lenoir Ryan. He has decided that he is going to be going to Bradford, and I think that this is a very good move. Now, I do not know if he is of relation to Aaron Neesmith or not. I don't think that he is, but I might be wrong on that, but... What I do know is that this gentleman over at Lenoir Ryan this last season, he was able to do a solid job as a little bit more of a traditional low post player. Was able to give the team a block and a half, 16 and a half points, 5.3 rebounds per game. Attempted to shoot a few threes, didn't necessarily go well on that front, but he's able to be a very nice rim protector out in a big south that let's call it what it is. You don't necessarily have a lot of guys that do a tremendous job down low, adding in there someone like a TJ Neesmith, who's six foot nine, is able to block some shots. I do think that that is going to be working out very well for them. What had been a really silent off season for Arizona did become a little bit more rambunctious on Wednesday as they were able to get a nice pickup. Jaden Bradley who was playing over at Alabama last season. He has decided that he is going to be transferring to Arizona for Bradley. Liked his game last season. Not someone that lit the world on fire or anything with regards to his numbers, but he was a top 30 recruit nationally last season. He was able to give Alabama about six and a half points, three assists, shot about 32% from three-par range. I think that there's a little bit of room to improve in terms of three-point shooting, but as we know with Arizona losing Kirk Risa this offseason, they needed someone to be able to replace him. I think that he is going to be a big cog for running that offense, and that's one of the better gets in the transfer portal, in my opinion. So, good on Arizona. Ronnie DeGray, he was playing over at Missouri this last season and actually began his career at UMass. He has decided that he is going to head on over to Wichita State. When DeGray was at UMass, that's where he saw his best production. During the 2020-21 season, 8.5 points, 4.5 boards, shot 37% from 3, a 6'7", a little bit of a combo player, and did have a season at Missouri 2021-22 campaign where he had 8.5 points, 4.5 boards per contest, but at 6'7", 220, not necessarily a guy that's able to pop threes, did not really fit with this Missouri system, so I had just 2 points, 2 boards this last season. Heading on over to Wichita State, a team that plays a little bit less up-tempo, even though they have underwent a coaching change of their own. I do think that this is going to be a good fit for them. I do like what is being built over there at Wichita State, and I think that he is going to be a nice difference maker for them. Asil Silva, he was last season playing at Sanford. He has decided that he is heading to Long Beach State, and Silva was a top 100 recruit in the class of 2021. Just could never really put it together, and... I wonder why. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're coached by Jared Haas, who I still can't believe that guy has a job. But that said, for Silva, he averaged in his two years at Stanford right around 3.3 points per contest. At six foot four, didn't really give the team a lot on the glass. Does need to work on his facilitation a bit, but someone who I think could be a good off-ball scorer, going to be playing in a very up-tempo style at Long Beach State, but I do think that heading over to the Big West, Silva, someone who is very, very gifted physically, I think is going to be able to have a very good time there, so I do think that this is going to be a solid gift for Long Beach State, a Long Beach State team that is not too far removed from winning the Big West regular season as well. We saw Lewis Hutchinson, he was playing this last season, over at Rhode Island, he has decided that he is going to be going to Charleston Southern. A good gift for Charleston Southern with Hutchinson. He was only able to play in, I believe it was 17 games. This last season had two points, rebound per contest, shot about 33% from three. At six foot seven, he's able to do a wide variety of things, guards multiple positions, just really couldn't find a way to be able to get out there on the court too much. Take a look at 247 Sports. They thought that he was worthy of being a relatively solid three-star guy as I know that he had an offer from Memphis. Clemson was looking into him a little bit. So for Charleston Southern to be able to have this sort of a get, I think that that is going to be massive for them. Kyle Cuffey Jr., he was playing over at Kansas this last season. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal with guys like Arterio Morris and company entering into the fold. He had to feel like Cuffey was going to be, once again, 
doomed for not necessarily seeing a lot of minutes. And take a look at 247 Sports rated him as the number 117 guy in the class of 2021. If you're a sub top 100 guy heading on over to Kansas, you sort of know your fate there. For Cuffy, just didn't really see the floor very much in his time at Kansas, so he is going to be looking for a little bit more playing time. Cannot blame him there. Chica and Duca. Eli Aziz was playing over at Portland. He has decided that he is going to be going to Montana State. Montana State looking to essentially reload after they lost their coach in Danny Sprinkle in the offseason. Has taken quite a few of the guys that made him successful with them. With Nduka, started about half the team's games during the 2021-22 season. Why Portland that season? 7.5 points, 5.5 boards. He's able to pop a few threes, but doesn't necessarily do so very great at 6 foot 5, but he's able to do a solid job on the glass. Relatively good, strong guy. Should fit this Montana State team well, so I do like that pickup. And then you saw Jalen Young. He was playing over at UCF Central Florida this last season. He is going to be going to another American team as he's heading on over to Memphis. Well, he was in the American with Central Florida. As we know, they are moving on over to the Big 12. But with Young, he actually began his career at the community college level. Was one of the top Juco transfers in all of college basketball a few seasons ago. Was able to average 4.5 points, 2 assists, shot 36% from 3. A low usage guy that was relatively effective last season. I do think that there's some upside there. I don't think that he's going to be seeing a massive amount of minutes or anything with Memphis. And you can tell towards back half of the season with Central Florida. He had just fallen out of favor in general. But if you take a look at what he was able to do towards the top half of the season. First nine or so games. He was getting some good minutes. Shot 37% from three. 89% the free throw line with about eight points per contest. To start out the season. Then he fell a little bit out of favor. And from there his numbers were not able to sustain. So I do think that there might be a little bit of an untapped gem with Memphis, but at the same time, I don't expect him to be too much of a contributor there. When it comes to these sorts of moves, they're very easy because all you need to do is note that this gentleman was at the D1 level last season. He is no longer at the D1 level. Cross him off your list of names that you get that you need to take a look at and forget it. Wyatt Lowell, he began his career at Utah Valley and he was really solid when he was a freshman over at Utah Valley. He was averaging right around 4.5 points per contest. Shot 38% for 3. And this past year at Portland, I'm going to say he let the world on fire because he only played in 13 games due to injury. But when he was out there, he shot 39.5% from 3, right around 4.5 points per contest. He is a side that at 6'10", he's going to be going down to the non-D1 level, and he is going to be playing for Chaminade. Of significance here, Chaminade will actually be partaking in the Maui Invitational. They're now only in it once every two years. Last year, they were not in it, so we will be seeing Mr. Lowell in the uh, Maui Invitational. So, hey, if you're looking to handicap those three games that we're going to find Chaminade on the betting board, there you go. You can do your research there. You really don't have to worry about it too much, but you wish him absolutely nothing but the best, but it's a versatile player off of the roster of Portland. The boogeyman, John Bugs III, who was at UTSA last season. He might be the main replacement for Tyler Perry. He has decided that he is going to be heading to North Texas. No doubt. Going to be a little bit of a different looking North Texas team, but I mean, this is someone with a little bit more size, but a relatively similar skill set. At UTSA this last year, shot 39.6%. From three-point range, registered 11 points per contest. Does need to work on doling out the ball a little bit more, but a very good overall score. I think that he's going to be able to integrate himself in that system very well. So I do think that that's a solid get for North Texas. This is quite the move. Quentin Melora Brown. He was playing this last year at Vanderbilt. He has decided that he is going to be going to the Citadel. Typically, you find it to be the opposite, where someone from the Citadel decides that he is going to be stepping up. But Maloria Brown actually saw a combined 57 starts last season. Now, not a guy that lit the world on fire in offense. During the 2021-22 season, 5.3 points, around 5.6 boards at a block per contest. Saw those numbers dip a little bit this last year to 3.5 points, 4.3 boards per contest. But the Citadel getting someone that at 6'10 was seeing starts in the SEC, that is of significance for them. And for Ed Conroy, he just needs any sort of defense that he can get because the Citadel, even though they played significantly slower this last year, they were just not playing a lick of defense whatsoever. But being able to get in someone like a Quinn Maloria Brown, that is a big, giant win for them. Devin Carney, he was at Duquesne this last year. I say at Duquesne rather than playing for Duquesne because he did not play a single game for them. 
He has decided that he is going to be going to Denver. This is someone that is going to be looking to fit into the backcourt a little bit. And I do believe that he is a kid that was from the state of Pennsylvania. So he's going to be pretty much skipping town. Three-star recruit that just could never really get out there on the floor. A little bit of a combo player that is able to handle the ball. He's an okay three-point shooter for everything that I saw from him. And I did think that he was going to be able to make a little bit of an impact for Duquesne if he was able to get out there on the floor. Injuries unfortunately prevented that. And for Denver, a relatively solid get on that front. Josh Uduje, he was playing this last year at Coastal Carolina. He has decided that he is going to be going to Utah State. And Utah State, under Danny Sprinkle, he's brought in a lot of his own guys to be able to help out, like Darius Brown, along with Grace Osabor. They're going to be joining him. And now he brings in a guy in Uduje, who I do think is going to be able to help this team out from an offensive standpoint. Well, about a 32% three-point shooter in his two years at Coastal Carolina, but 13.5 points. 1.3 steals per contest, is able to give you four boards, good versatility at 6 for 5. Not necessarily a guy that's going to be facilitating a lot of offense, more of an off-the-ball guy, but at the same time, on a Coastal Carolina team where not a lot of defense was played, we're going to call it what it is. He was one of the few guys that actually played a little bit of defense. So there is that. Bryson Long, he was a very good e-check scorer for a Houston Christian this last year. Put up 14.8 points per contest from three-point range. Shot 41.6% from three. Native of the state of Arizona, he is going back, and he is going to be playing for Arizona State. Now, I am very fascinated to see what he's going to be able to do because this is an obvious case of an up transfer, and we have seen some of these season Christian guys be able to do a relatively solid job. I do think that the most obvious example of this is what we saw at Colgate the last few seasons as Houston Christian used to have the most accurate three-point shooter in all of college basketball and Oliver Lynch Daniels in their program. He was unable to really find his form when he was out in the Southland, went to Colgate with having other shooters around him. He was shooting like 50% from three-point range the last two seasons, but I do think that it is of interest to see what Arizona State has been able to assemble because the other team within the state has really done nothing, but I mean, for Arizona State, they bring in Brian Salbongu to help things out a little bit down low. They bring in Adam Miller along with Sean Phillips over from LSU. Zane Meeks has versatility. Kamari Lands. I mean, they're really cobbling things together. They lost quite a bit, so I don't know if the chemistry is going to be there. I don't know if Bryson Long is also going to be able to compete with other Pac-12 players. So I'm not sure on this one. I do think that he should be able to see a few minutes, but it's just all about whether or not the game is able to translate. I've got my question marks with Arizona State, but I will give Arizona State credit. They have been very active here in the transfer portal. Will Johnson has decided that he is going to be going from UTU to Grand Valley, and he is going to be going over to Loyola Marymount. For the month, they're getting a guy that was able to register 14.5 points, 3.5 assists, actually comes in from Sydney, Australia, began his career at the junior college level, was able to shoot 43.8% from three-point range. I do think that he's going to be able to meld himself very well in this program for Loyola Marymount. They've been able to do a very solid job of being able to feature some select guys the last few seasons. I do think that this is going to be the latest of them. They were able to get Cam Schoen that was able to go into takeover mode along with Kelly Leupepe. Those were your main two guys this last season. They are probably going to be looking to be a little bit more well-rounded this season, but as we know, Loyola Marymount, they were able to bust through. They were able to get a big, giant win over Gonzaga on the road last season, so things do seem to be trending upward, and they've done a nice job with the trades for Portal, bringing in a nice score from NC Central and Justin Wright, also being able to bring in Justice Hill. I do think that they've done a solid job here in the transfer portal. Justin Warren, he was playing at Grambling this last season. He has decided that he is going to be going down to the non-D1 level, and he is going to be going to Dillard University. Not a guy that necessarily saw a whole bunch of minutes for the team this last season, so you wish him absolutely nothing but the best. A guy that was able to average right around one rebound per contest, so not too much of a loss there. This is a relatively big loss, though. Quez Glover, someone who began his career at Florida, a former top 200 recruit. He was limited due to injury last season, but when he was out there on the floor for Sanford, was able to put up 14.5 points per contest. Really, his biggest year was two years ago when he was fully healthy at Sanford during the 2021-22 season. 19.2 points, 4.5 assists, active hands with a little bit over a seal per contest. He has decided that he is going to be going to BYU. This is a good fit for BYU because what really killed BYU last season is that 
They couldn't hang on to the ball. For BYU, they had Rudy Williams running the point, and he was just all over the place, turning the ball over left, right, and sideways, so that was not necessarily too terrific. Being able to bring in someone that's a little bit more sure-handed and Glover, hopefully you get the joke there, I think that that's going to be able to help them out. Bubba Carfay, he was a part of that College of Charleston team that was just so well-rounded this last season. He has decided that he is going to be heading on over to Western Kentucky. Mr. Kentucky looking to turn over a new leaf after well, last season. Slick Rex Amesbury had a lot of talent, and they weren't able to do anything with it. You now have a coaching regime change, and for Faith, he's used to being a part of a team that's going a little bit more up-tempo, being a part of a team where the whole is greater than some of its parts at Charleston last year. 4.7 points, 4.6 rebounds per game. Certainly recognize what he is at six foot eight. Not a guy that was going out there and popping threes, but was manhandling things down low, doing a solid job in the post. So I expect a little bit more of that. And then Evan Mahaffey, he was playing this last season over at Penn State. He has decided that he's going to be transferring within the conference. He is going to be going to the Ohio State University. Someone who last year averaged 2.8 points per contest. Shot 33% from three-point range at six foot six. Was not really able to get out there on the floor. And I don't think that he's going to be able to do anything too magical here with Ohio State. I have say coming off of just a rough season to say the least with Mahaffey. He was rated by 247 Sports as the number 6 recruit in the state of Ohio, 187th nationally. Don't understand if he did anything at Penn State that maybe I'm just missing that stood out to a lot of people, but I don't see him as anything more than a depth piece for Ohio State, but we've got a depth of knowledge here when it comes to this podcast. Coast Coast Hoops, we're coming at you every single day, getting you set for what is going to hopefully be the greatest season ever for the 2023-24 college basketball season, and if you ever do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnet underscore d1, keep in mind letters M. Amy does not matter, so please do send these into the timeline. The other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star view. A big thanks to Greg Waddell, who joined me in the last segment, does great work over at Sleepers Media. I'll be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast during the regular season, the offseason, and hopefully getting some conference previews going within the next month or so. So I'll be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.